What's up and welcome into another edition of Hells and Whistles, episode number two right here on the Believe Network. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Rel Myers. We are so pumped to be back for another episode. Thanks to everyone for the support after we were announced on the Believe Network as part of their podcast network. We're very excited to be joining their team and looking forward to plenty more of these. And, and Rel texted me was like, we need to do a podcast. We have uh, the home opener coming up today. <laughs> And I was like, you're right. We need to get on this after two wins for the Pelicans, a convincing win over the Brooklyn Nets. And then it took a little bit more, I would say, against Charlotte maybe than Brooklyn. But again, it's the nature of 82 games and the the fact that the Pelicans have won by double digits in both and have not trailed uh, in either game is what's most impressive. So, Rel, uh, I know you got your notes out. Kind of what stuck out to you in the first two wins for New Orleans? Yeah. Uh, so in my Brooklyn notes, um, you know, obviously the big three looked super good. Um, they shared the ball really well. Um, and, you know, they're in the 20 point club easily right in that first win. So um, I love some of the passes that I saw between Zion and JV, especially um, they're they're looking for each other constantly, you know, and, and the defenses are, are swarming Zion. And he's just like, you know, oh, psych up and under. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to pass it to JV. JV's going to get his buckets, you know. So I really liked what I saw from them there and um, just kind of paying attention to the subs um, because I, I always think back to, to last season. Um, I think Herb came off the bench in the first game, maybe played a couple of minutes, and that was that. And then game two, he was a starter. So the rotations changed, right? So I want to go to what happened in the first um, and, and look at the rotation in the second game. But in the first game, uh, I've got here that uh, Willie made his first subs at the six-minute mark. Um, Jose and Trey subbed in for CJ and Zion. And then about a minute later, Larry came in for JV. Really like that first quarter rotation. And then um, – like JV, he doesn't have to be as much as a workhorse because last year we like really, really depended on him. And, you know, we didn't have Zion. There was no CJ. There was no, um, there's no Larry. Um, and it was just, uh, I, th- I think BI had what, like some um, hip soreness or something yeah. like that early in the season. So we were really, really, really dependent on JV. So he doesn't have to do much anymore. And I think out of the, he might've had least amount of minutes, but I'm just trying to think of that off the top of my head. I don't have that in the notes, but um, I like that nobody had to play all 12 minutes in the first quarter. Um, and that's pretty much all I got on the first game. Um, what were what were your thoughts on that Brooklyn win? I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me and what we saw also in game number two, and you mentioned it, is Jonas Valanciunas and Zion Williamson. Because if if the Pelicans opponent does not have a true big man, which mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Nets did not um, – the Charlotte Hornets maybe a little bit more, but really not so much either. Then yeah. pick your poison with just those two down low. And the fact that JV completely dominated the Charlotte game, still had a double-double in the first game. It was 15 and 13, um, but 30 and 17 against the Charlotte Hornets. I think mm-hmm. we haven't even discussed Braden Ingram and CJ McCollum as far as just a duo of Zion and Jonas, because yeah. Jonas can space the floor. Jonas mm-hmm. can drop some threes like he did. Mm-hmm. You have to worry about Zion, and there was no answer for Zion. And that Brooklyn game, of course, Ben Simmons, one of the premier defenders a couple of years ago, yeah. not looking the same as he has. Not at all. There's not going to be any answers for those two just down low. And so I think that just opens things up even more. And so for me, as much as we want to and we will talk about how great Brandon Ingram has been, how great mm-hmm. all the starters have been in the first two games – Jonas has been the one that stuck out to me just because you add another level now to the Pelicans offense where it's like, all right, 
if you're worrying about Zion, then Jonas get the heck out of the way. But he's also yeah. there to rebound. He's also there for second chance points. But he also can take the ball up. He's also trailing sometimes and will shoot a three because no one's even guarding him out there in the perimeter. And he's knocked down some shots. So for me, yeah. it was Jonas that, and I know we were talking about just the Brooklyn game, but he stuck out to me in that game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought the way the Pelicans came out the first 12 minutes against Brooklyn was like, yeah, you're ready for us. Like this yeah. is the team you're about to get. And <laughs> opening nights are on the road. I mean, the Pelicans face two opening nights. It'll be the third mm-hmm. opening night in three days tonight against the Utah Jazz. Um, yeah. I think it was impressive how the Pelicans said, basically, we're here and we ain't going yeah. anywhere right now. <laughs> for sure. That Charlotte game was really frustrating to watch because it just felt like there was no like the whistle just wasn't fair, right? right. It's, it's just, it really, really felt that way. And then when you go back and look and how many fouls were called on them versus us, and then how many free throws we shot compared yeah. to them, um, we actually shot 37 compared to their 14, and Jonas had 14 himself. So he right. shot as many as their whole team did. But just watching it in real time, watching them just bludgeon Zion all night, it just really didn't feel like we were getting a fair whistle. Um, and B.I., he different like not just you know the obvious with the physical appearance he doesn't have his hair braided he's got the (laughs) cotton t-shirt on underneath the jersey but he looks so different and and i feel like he may have taken uh another leap really i think in a weird way i think the confidence is even more there in these first two games and i think he's all always had it but I think he just some of those fadeaway shots, some of those one on one isolation plays where he's just like, you know what, I have everything in my bag and yeah. I'm going to show everyone what I have. And I think that's kind of the difference right now. I think he feels comfortable too. look. He doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be that guy every night. Mm-hmm. He's going to be probably and he can mm-hmm. be, but he doesn't have to be when mm-hmm. you have CJ, when you have Zion, when you have Jonas, when you have her. So as far as being on every night, I think just puts the, takes the pressure off all of them. I think it's just, all right, mm-hmm. this is my time. I'm an ISO ball because I have to worry about Zion down low. Mm-hmm. I have to worry about CJ on the outside that I'm just going to, I'm just going to go at it. And so I think that, I think that mental aspect of it is kind of a huge advantage for him and the Pelicans, because when you have that kind of starting five, which, you know, I know after the first game had the best net rating out of any mm-hmm. team in the NBA, um, you're confident knowing that you can get out to a lead as much as you want in some of these games because your team is stacked um, one through five. And everyone, even Herb, who is more on the defensive side than the offense five, is perfectly capable of, of putting some yeah. points up on the board. He is. Herb's that guy who he's doing so much. And if you're the type of person who's just watching the box scores, you're, you're always going to think like, oh, he didn't do anything. He had seven points and he had four. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you think that he's not on his weight but he does all these like you know all those little things that really really make a difference and this guy's blocking so many three-pointers seeing anything like this i think i tweeted during the game herb leads the league blocked three-point attempt i need to see anyone else already know that he's leading done it probably fourth since the beginning of the preseason and that's what's crazy about it is how many people are actually blocking threes. I mean, I know we watch a lot of basketball, and I rarely see it happen. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's done it already, um, especially mm-hmm. on Kevin Durant, I mean, that that's the kind of the icing on the cake there is not only are you doing it. I mean, we saw in the playoffs how awesome it was then, but mm-hmm. to do it on Kevin Durant in the first game. And I mean, look, <laughs> Kyrie Irving said it best. I mean, they came out and mm-hmm. they were ready to show people. 
and it's still on national television. It was what's wrong with the Nets or the Nets lost. It wasn't the Pelicans yeah. one, which it'll take some time. We'll get yeah. there. We'll get our but credit. We'll get our credit. But I like that this team, let them fly under the radar. But I think they're they're about to not fly under the radar. You've seen enough national mm-hmm. tension now that everyone's like, oh, the Pelicans are actually a pretty good team. Well, we've seen it before. We saw the early stages of it last year. Now you add yeah. Zion Williamson into the fold in the camaraderie. I saw a stat. Actually, you tweeted it. Uh-huh. The Orlando Magic broadcast about the returning oh, yeah. players. Yeah. That the Pelicans lead the league tied with Orlando. I forget the other team. I think it was Milwaukee. I, I think it was yeah. Milwaukee with 14 returning guys. Mm-hmm. Continuity is a big thing. And as a yeah. team that before last year would have seven, eight different people every mm-hmm. single year, sometimes a new coach every yeah. single year. <laughs> this goes a long way as far as teams trying to figure out who they are, even some mm-hmm. of the, the better teams in the NBA. Um, when you look at then you know, the whole Steph, not Steph Curry, the Draymond Green Warriors situation. When oh, you have, yeah. When you have Denver trying to figure out Jamal Murray getting back, and when you have other teams that are just trying to figure out what pieces, Jay Crowder sitting out for the Suns, the DeAndre Ayton situation with them, every team seems like there's something, something that there's a storyline. The only storyline <laughs> for the Pelicans is they add a ferocious beast inside and Zion Williamson to a team that already made the playoffs when no one thought they would last year. So it's yeah. a great problem to have, and I thought you, you couldn't ask for a better two games. There's mm-hmm. going to be games like, the one against Charlotte, I think, where you're going to see a lull. Yeah. It's a 48-minute game. There's going to be runs, and I think people need to understand that this is not what it's going to be like every game. Mm. What's great about going into every game, though, as a Pelicans fan, is right now you're going in expecting to win. You're yeah. going in there expecting to get off to a good note. They're not going to yeah. go 8-2-0. No. But <laughs> the fact that you're going into every night saying they can take tonight is even a giant leap further than what this team was even just a couple years ago, which says something about what this organization has done. It does. I remember at some point last year on spaces uh, on, on the Twitter space, we were talking about, look at the schedule. I think our next win will be. <laughs> yeah. So this was really, really, this was either, you know, somewhere between one and 12 and three and 16. And we were looking and it's like, I, I don't know. It looks like it's four or five games out. And it's now we can kind of flip it the other way. Like, which one of these teams do you think might have a chance to beat us? You know? <laughs> and it's so it's anybody's game, any night of the week, but there's just a, a different level of confidence with the team uh, as well as with the fan base. Yeah. I think the, the mindset going into tonight's game against the jazz is confidence. You win your first two on the road. Now in a sold out crowd, yeah. everyone's been buzzing about this game. Now you got to show up and now you got to mm-hmm. show a team that look, this Utah jazz team really nothing to lose the way this team is constructed. They got some good pieces, keep in mind, from that Cleveland Cavaliers trade. Yeah. Um, and between some of the younger pieces and the older ones, look, and a new head coach and Will Hardy, a young head coach that, look, there's no pressure on him. So when you mm-hmm. have a team like this who's gone out and beaten Denver and Minnesota on the road, or I think maybe the Denver one was at home, nonetheless, they were 2-0, and a lot of people thought this team is going to be at the bottom of the barrel after getting away Gobert and Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell, they've come out and said, look, we have nothing to lose. This is no one expected anything. It reminds me of when I got to New Orleans, the lockout year. And mm-hmm. it was a team that eventually got Anthony Davis. They went to 22 and 44, but they won their first two games. They mm-hmm. beat the Phoenix Suns and the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, is this a team that, <laughs> and, and I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> They're not going to be like that. But 
these teams, the beginning of the season, are like, hey, let's see what we got. What do we yeah. have to lose here? There's no expectations. And so that's what's dangerous in why the Pelicans should not take the Utah Jazz lightly because they've been seven points or more underdog in their first two wins. Um, and that says something about kind of the the relaxedness of what they were able to do. And they're going to go out and, and put the effort in. And so um, it should be a, an interesting and fun one tonight. But I think uh, I need to get your insight and information on what's going down at the SKC over uh, these next 24 hours, Rel, as yeah. far as I, I, I've been seeing uh, maybe a second line brewing yeah. going on on Twitter. <laughs> is that is that really yeah. going down? So one of my buddies from Twitter, um, John, he had said to me months ago, he's like, you know what? I think we should do a second line like to the arena for the first game, like for the home opener. And I was like, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, this thing came along with sports drink where they decided like, look, let's collab on something with the sports drink and the Pulse 12. Um, and we'll just do like this Pulse 12 off week thing. We'll do a couple of walks for the first, uh, first two games on the road. Um, and then for the day we come home, basically just a very large package. Um, so uh, close to 100 people, somewhere around 100 people signed up. Wow. So we're going to show up there at noon and play a little like half-court basketball tournament, and the championship game is going to be like a full court. So good luck to people who are playing in that. I will not be participating <laughs> in any more full-court basketball in the year 2022. Um, <laughs> so after that, we're going to go um, we'll have like a little lull, maybe about an hour or so to kind of do what we need to do, maybe go home and change if you played in the in – the, um, in the tournament and everything. Um, but then we're going to go to uh, the district lounge and we're going to have um, kind of like a pregame happy hour sort of thing there. And then we're going to second line from the district lounge all the way over to the blender, probably about five o'clock uh, between five o'clock, five thirty, And then between five thirty and six o'clock, you just, you know, lose your mind with anticipation because the game starts at six. Uh, <laughs> and so it's going to be, um, it's, it's going to be a very, very busy day for us here, but I'm really, really excited to, to see, um, just everybody again, and I'm, I'm excited to go in there and see Aaron and D Dub, you know, yeah. at the right when I get in there. But yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. I, I'm hoping that we see the playoff games. I don't know the last time I've been to a home opener, it's really, really intense. Um, and I'm hoping it's we'll, we'll pick up right where we left off. I was about to ask one, we will um, get Aaron on our podcast at some point this week. We yeah. are working on that. So the guests are starting to flow in here. We're starting to get some people that are, are ready to hop on, <laughs> which is a good thing. So um, as we yeah. progress here and figure out our schedule, we'll definitely start having some other folks on talk about the Pelicans. But what is the expectations for you as far as this crowd tonight against the Utah Jazz? Because I, I feel like, like you said, after the playoff games and the announcement of a sell-off, and I think just based on what everything's going on, I don't want to say because of the Saints not doing so well that more people yeah. are hopping on. Because I think more people are hopping on no matter if the Regardless. Saints were 7-0 right now anyways. I think just mm -hmm. the hype right now in that city yeah. is, is unmatched since at least I've been there as far as never been a team as you know hyped up and, and anticipated to be a, a really good team. Kind of What are your expectations when you even get in, into the building tomorrow, yet alone all day what you're doing? Yeah, I, I expect it to really be buzzing in there. I expect it to be a very rowdy crowd. Um, I'm, I'm expecting for, you know, when we go to take that first shot so they can sit us down, right? I'm expecting for there to be so much tension. Just make that shot. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a good time, right? But I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to 
seeing Zion get his first poster, you know, back with the team. Like, I need him to dunk on somebody so badly. <laughs> and, and I'm hoping it happens today in the blender because we're going to lose our minds. We're going to go crazy. And I'm also really excited to see the um, the intro video. I've always taken, like, a real interest in that sort of thing. And I was hoping I could get to be in that thing again this this season, but may- maybe later, <laughs> maybe after the All-Star break or something. But um, I was in it a few years ago. I was in it the year that, uh, you know, all the guys came here, Zion and mm-hmm. and everybody. So I'm trying to get get picked back up again by the Pels for that. But, um, but no, I'm excited to see that. I'm to see what kind of other entertainment have lined up for us during timeouts. And I'm not sure what the halftime shows will be. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just going to be an awesome night. What do you expect as far as I think the biggest eruption? You talked about the Zion dunk. I think when he gets introduced in the starting oh, yeah. five, I mean, not playing <laughs> last year, everything that went down last year. I mean, mm. how loud is that place going to be just when he's introduced? And mm. is he introduced last? Does he go first or last? I don't Neither know. Neither first do nor last. I don't think he's going to go last. Yeah, you don't think so? I think BI will be last. Yeah. Does that mean anything different that BI goes last? Do, do you do you notice anything with those kind of things with other teams? And no, oh, this guy gets first, or this guy goes third or fourth. Does, does it matter to you? No, no. And I never notice what they do, what other teams do. Like when the visiting team comes, I never notice who's first, last, whatever have you. Um, for us, I think we're so stacked that now it doesn't even really matter. Like I feel like for this particular game, since it's his first game back at home, like a first regular season game. Um, Maybe they'll introduce him last, but I feel like usually that's B.I. slot. I think usually they, they, they'll they announce him there. So, As we are taping this, there are only nine teams undefeated left in the NBA. Again, as <laughs> I do tape this, I'm not – don't ask me about that. I, can't, I can barely name that the Pelicans are undefeated. My bad. I thought you had the notes. My bad. <laughs> no. They're, two of them are playing on Sunday, and that's the Jazz and the Pelicans. So that's two of them at two of the nine right there, I believe. Mm-hmm. Boy, now you're going to make me. I know Milwaukee's 1-0, but again, we're taping this um, late on Saturday night here as we get ready for Sunday. Yeah. But we wanted to have a podcast for you when you woke up on Sunday yes. and when you're getting ready to go see Rel and play full-court basketball <laughs> and do a second line. Maybe you put your headphones in and listen to Pels and Whistles on your way, even though you won't get to experience a great second line if you have your headphones in. But at some point, get all the content in. We wanted to record this um, on Saturday. So there are teams that are playing right now that are undefeated. But nine were entering Sunday's game, and two of them are are the Jazz and, and the Pelicans. How much stock do you put into... I'm trying to put the best phrase in here as far <laughs> as... The not overreacting in the expectations and trying to nitpick what's going on because Twitter in the last couple of days, I feel like, I think now as we talked about, we're going to each game expecting to win, mm-hmm. but that's not always going to be the case. Yeah. I wonder how that first loss is going to be for Pels fans. And I don't think it's going to happen on Sunday, but yeah, it's, no, it's no. more of just, I'm trying to figure out. The best way, maybe I need to do the Aaron Rodgers and R-E-L-A-X just a little bit. <laughs> um, but it's I feel like it's hurt. a good thing. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this this fan base is not we're not used to yet the the slow starts have been just a bugaboo for this team for as long yeah. as I can imagine. So yeah, I think it's weird being on the other side of it in a great way that this team is two and zero potentially can go three and zero. I mean, how do how do we even process what's going on right now? Yeah, I think it's someone said uh, last night about like you like we've been here before. We had, we don't know how to act, you know. No. <laughs> we we started four and zero, 
few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then we lost six straight. Yeah. And so I think that first loss is going to hurt. It's definitely not going to be the end of the world, but people are already being nitpicky and we're undefeated, you know? I mean, yeah, it's two games, but we haven't lost one yet. Yeah. So uh, there haven't will trailed be yet. reactions. Yeah, haven't we haven't even, even trailed, trailed in, in 96 minutes of play. Yeah, so how do you even balance the overreacting to, I guess, trying to be realistic when it comes to these games? Because, again, as a fan, you do expect things, and you do sometimes want to say, hey, this is not working when you switch it, or why is Coach playing this? Yeah. I guess you, since you, you know, are just, every time I see you, you're watching a game or you're on spaces listening to some, how are you balancing out kind of the expectations versus reality and what this team the act like you've been there before versus enjoy the ride (laughs) that this pelicans team could go on this year yeah i'm definitely opting to take the you know just enjoy the ride route this year um i think that i think we have time you know like it's not we don't we don't have to go 73 and 9 this year you know like even even that team lost in championship you know we don't and I had said in a tweet that first loss is going to hurt a little bit because we're all so wired about this team. And everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're going 82 and 0. And then other mm. people are like, no, we're going 98 and 0. And I'm like, okay, everybody, like, let's stop there. It's, it's funny a little bit, but mm-hmm. really, you should, you should temper your expectations. So, because just sometimes you have a trap game, you know, sometimes you're on the second night of a back to back and you're playing like the defending champs or something. And so it's, it's just good to keep in mind where we came from. You know, and I was just looking at that old starting lineup that had uh, had uh, Alexis Agensa and <laughs> Omer Asik and you know. Dante Cunningham. And it's just like, just think of that when when things get tough. And then you'll be like, you know what? We're all right. <laughs> I do think about that. And I wake up in the sweats because <laughs> I just couldn't handle what those lineups were. And that take five oil change graphic on Pelican's Twitter. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. You know, this is what's yeah. about to go down. Things have, have changed for the good. Yeah. Um, even since I started back in 11-12. So it's just nice the fact that the Pelicans are kind of letting everyone know what what could be. And, and even just for two games, and we talked about it um, as far as what's underachieving, mm-hmm. which would be like the play-in. It, it seems now that, again, I think it takes a few weeks. I think it takes like 10, 15 yeah. games to really establish. But if you look around right now, there's, there's no reason why the Pelicans can't be one of the top six teams in the NBA after this yeah. season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think um, I've been spending a lot of time um, actually watching other teams this season, and I'm really interested to see what the rest of this division does. And not even really all just Memphis and Dallas. I'm not really concerned about Houston and, and San Antonio, right. but I just kind of want to see what those other teams in our division are, are up to and how are they looking, how are they going to match up to us this season. Um, but I think we got a, a really, really good chance to to do something special this season. And I just hope that everyone, uh, you know, takes a step back and, and keep the big picture in mind. Like we're in hands with this roster from from all the way from player number one to 17, you know. So um, I just I just want to have some fun, you know, and I want to win. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Have fun in the process. Wins and yeah. losses. There's going to be some good games. There's going to be some heartbreakers. There will be some buzzer beaters. There'll be everything. I think the one thing that we should say that I'm I'm on board with you is as far as this team is, look, there are, again, 82 games. There's going to be games that mm-hmm. are going to be lopsided. There's games you're like, what the heck happened? 
But I think the key for this Pelicans team, which in some years before they didn't help themselves in these situations where they would beat teams that they maybe weren't expected to beat mm-hmm. and they lose the teams that they should be beating. Yeah. This is where you need to take care of that part of the schedule because yeah. in the Western conference, how good it is, even the Utah jazz or two and they're a team that's mm-hmm. not expected to make the playoffs. Right. At these are the type of games that Charlotte game, especially without LaMelo ball. Those are the games you have to take up. Those are games though. in two, yeah. three years ago, you're losing. Well, you're losing. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. We definitely would have lost that. Maybe even last year, we might have lost it early on in the year. You know, when the, the two games when you face Orlando later on again, Paulo Bancaro is very good. They're zero and two. Either win those games. Games mm-hmm. against Sacramento, if you play three or four against them, San Antonio, who you can never, never beat except when it counted last year in the playing. Yeah, you need to win four of those or go three and one. Like there's no, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Houston. You can't go two and two against Houston. No, those no, are no business. Those are the games that are going to separate what seating you get. I yeah, think, definitely. and that starts tonight with the home opener against the Jazz. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very confident, um, but I'm not going to count those guys out by any means. You know, they're hustling and they're they're playing like they got uh to prove. You know, and there's there's about people tanking for Victor and all this stuff, but uh. And maybe eventually they will. Maybe they haven't gotten the memo yet that they're supposed to be losing. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I hope the guys go out there and, and take care of business. Treat them like you're playing the best team in the league. Step up and, and be ready to be ready for a knockout, you know? That is a different topic for a different day, but I feel like the tanking for, for Victor is – and there's going to be a better catchphrase than us just saying tanking for Victor. Um, <laughs> but that's going to – really influence some teams down the road and even at the deadline which could shape mm-hmm. the western conference are there teams that say and i am always a fan of rather going to the playoffs i don't care if you're a 10 seed look at the pelicans instead of getting out and trying to fight the lottery because i don't think mm-hmm. you build a culture on trying to lose and get out but i wonder if this year's different with that guy most likely being the number one pick overall with teams get to the trade deadline and go I think we just hold off and we, or we sell for this year and we see if yeah. we can get to the bottom, just playing our guys and develop, but also knowing that the expectation is no team goes out there and tries to lose. And I think people yeah. realize that, but the management and the coaches may put out lineups that might, mm-hmm. you know, uh, help them not win a game based yes. on who they're might playing out there. Chance. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I think that's going to be huge down the stretch as far as teams. If if the Pelican schedule allows for teams that are doing that or they've already mm-hmm. folded up shop and are like, all right, let's go ping pong balls. That I mean, that could change mm-hmm. how a race goes, especially teams that are buyers and sellers at the deadline. Yeah, yeah. That's way too far um, down the road. I mean, the Pelicans we'll just have to, to get that. through their home opener. So Yeah, it, yeah. We're not concerned with that so much anyway. You know, for us, it's kind of like we'll we'll check in on – the, the, those purple and gold guys here and there and see what's up with them uh to if see only they could kind of pick for victor but i guess <laughs> they can but yes maybe they will we, not be <laughs> we'll be rooting for them to tank for victor yes they won't be intentionally tanking but you know <laughs> they might help us out dude scoreboard watching already for lakers is one of the <laughs> best things in my life right now i was like when are the lakers playing who are they playing all right yep. they can lose tonight here we go yep russell westbrook went 0 for 11 last game you know you just never know yeah. But another topic, we have so many things we got to discuss yeah, we'll throughout this it. season, and we will. And I think that's a great place to stop here as we lead into tonight's game. Pelicans, Jazz, 6 o'clock, Valley Sports, 
99.5 WBR, no. But guess what? If you're at the game, you're not going to have to worry about those. And you should be there. Sold out crowd. Rel will be signing autographs throughout the entire game. <laughs> Pre-game, second line. She's already one of the most popular people in the city of New Orleans. I'm happy she just agreed to go on the show with me. And <laughs> it took a lot with her agent. I'm like, please, just... <laughs> I know I bring the show down, but please just have her on. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited for you. I know this is my first home game I won't be at for a long, long time, but I'm going to be watching, and I can't wait to see what the crowd is like. You're going to have to give me a, a full report on Monday about what went down on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll try to take a lot of crowd picks. I'm probably going to try to film the intro video, <laughs> the whole nine. So I'll let you know how it goes, and I'll cheer twice as hard since you won't be there. Maybe we got to get little pells and whistles kind of cardboard cutouts, I think, or something like that. Maybe. I need a shirt. Coming yeah, to me. We got to get a shirt. We got to get a shirt. <laughs> That's on the list. That's on the list. Again, you can subscribe. You can rate us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. I was looking at how many different places yeah. and how many people have downloaded from other places. Yeah. I didn't know those existed. So yeah. wherever you find your podcast, that's where you can find us. But please rate, subscribe, review, and we'll take feedback. Anything you want sure. us to add into the show, we'll start doing mailbags with Twitter questions. Yes. Guest who you want on. The world is our oyster, so we can kind of go <laughs> at this any way we want. But we definitely wanted to get one out before Jazz and Pelicans. Rel, enjoy the game. I can't wait to hear about it. And uh, we'll yeah, speak bro. to you throughout the week. All righty. See you soon. All right. That'll do it for episode number two of Pels and Whistles. Thank you so much for listening on the Believe Network. Enjoy the game and go Pels. <laughs>